Welcome to The Wayfinder Show with Adam Lacey and Luis Hernandez, where guests discuss the why and how of making changes in their life that led them down a greater, more authentic path or allowed them to level up in some area of their life. Our goal is to dig deep and provide not only knowledge, but actionable advice to help you get from where you are to where you want to be. Come join us and find the way to your dream life. All right. Welcome back to the Wayfinder Show. This is Adam Lacey and my partner, Luis Hernandez. Luis, what's up, man? Not a whole lot, man. You know, just living a dream. Uh, I had a good week. I'm really excited about our guest today. Uh, it's a friend I've somebody I've known for a long time. Somebody I actually consider a bit of a mentor. Uh, you know, it, it, he's got a great story, doing some really great things right now, and uh, really excited about sharing him with the with our guests, with our listeners. Well, having so, said that, so we got Ted Canto here. Um, Ted, welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. How you doing, Ted? I'm doing well. Doing well. All right, it's good to see you again, man. Long time no see. Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah. So just for our listeners to know, uh, Ted, uh, he was uh, somebody when I started at Northeastern, uh, got involved with, you know, you start to look for people as someone like yourself. And so I joined a Latin American student organization and Ted was the president at the time. So he's somebody I immediately looked up to as a, as a leader in our small community there at Northeastern. And I, I like to think uh, I would always run into him in the computer labs and he would kind of show me how to do things with computers that I really didn't know because um, I wasn't too exposed to them in high school. And it helped me a lot. And I just always found him to have a big heart and really giving and really wanting to help. Uh, I, I thought it was just me to be successful. But now that I know him better, I know he just really wants to help a lot of people to be successful. So it's yeah, pretty exciting you, to have him on. You brought up the computer lab. That's when they had the, um, the little square tower, one right. piece um, Apple computers yeah. Yeah. With, the little, with the little floppy disk that that's crazy. right that's right yeah <laughs> <laughs> i i think you helped me a few times figure out how to recover file you know papers i thought i'd lost and everything yeah uh, in yeah. those labs which is funny yeah this is yeah. before everybody had their own laptop right you used to yeah computers were so expensive you just have to go wait in line and to use the computers kind yeah of and, and um and 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 phones used to be this big <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're we're an audio show, but for for those people who are who can't see you, um, it's he just put up a little like business card box, basically, which was yeah, about the size four, of a phone. Four inches, four inches. Back in those days. <laughs> <laughs> well, enough reminiscing, Ted. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, how, tell us a little bit about your upbringing. Um. Well, the upbringing. That wow. That's like a saga. Um, yeah. <laughs> my my upbringing, I am I am the the son of political refugees. Um, my dad was a gun runner. Um, oh wow! <laughs> yeah, during during what they called the revolution of the Dominican Republic, there was a dictatorship at the time, and um, my dad had to flee overnight um, and with my mom because um, they were coming to get him and he got wind of it and 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 he fled to New York left my brothers behind my sister behind uh, you know care of some family there's a long sad saga story behind that but um anyways um I was uh I was in my mom's belly at the time and so I was born in New York as a result of all of that and then uh lived a lot of my years early years there and then and then moved to Boston and 
more of my formative uh, years. I, I grew up in Boston. Great. And if specifically, you grew up, if I remember correctly, you grew up in a radio Saturday in, in Lynn, right? Was that you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I grew up in Lynn, City of Sin. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> was that so you know, what, what is it saying? Uh, uh, Lynn, Lynn, the City of Sin. You don't come out the way you went in. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess that tells true. us everything, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Lynn's a pretty tough town. I, I don't know if it still is, but I know it was back then. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. yeah, and so then you went to Northeastern. Yeah, went uh, went to the military actually. Um, oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, so right after like right after high school, um, I walked in um, as a uh, how would I say uh, there was um, I was I always send my joke around with God's graces, God's voice. I woke up one morning and saw the light. I'm like, okay, I got to get out of Dodge. And walked into the military recruitment center and signed up. Um, yeah, I wasn't up to anything really good uh, leading up to that point. So I, uh, I, I was in the, actually I was in a deep, and and one morning after a three day binge, I was just like, okay, I got to do something different here, <laughs> you yeah. know. So uh, that that's that was the result of that. Yeah. Good choice. Which branch did you join? Army. Yeah. Okay. In, yeah. Excellent. So, well, thank you for your service. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So when you say you were a deep, what, I mean, what kind of stuff were you into? Um, drugs, stealing cars, um, you know, whatever, whatever came my way. <laughs> it was uh, we were we were a, we were a tough crew of friends, um, and it's a it, that's an amazing story in itself. But um, yeah, we 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 all grew up together since we were little, and and um, you know, I, I think I think just in, by definition. We, we could have been considered a gang, if you will. Um, we weren't, but, you know, by the, by the traditional definition, but, you know, but, but by the stuff that we got into, we probably considered a gang. And uh, what's crazy is um, one of the gentlemen who I was really close to, well, I was close to all of them, but one of my close friends, yeah, he's, he's, he's on his way of becoming the mayor of the city of Lynn. So oh, wow. pretty amazing stuff. Yeah, we've had people, you know, people like that, and then we've had people didn't make it out of prison you know so right uh, yeah it's an interesting story <laughs> that's great so from the military i'm assuming you use your gi bill and to go to no to i didn't i know everybody says the same thing and no not at all excuse me my my dog here loves to interrupt me when i'm working but um um no not at all and the reason being at the time um the military had some really unscrupulous policies and and so um what what I wasn't told at the time, they don't do that anymore, but what I was, wasn't told at the time was that I needed to sign one page, this one page document in order to get that GI benefit. And of course, you know, the recruiter forgot, but um, it, it was a tactic they used a lot. I don't know if it was to save money or what, but um, yeah, nonetheless, no. Mm. Now, if you're interested, I don't know if we have time, but I'll tell you how I got to Northeastern. Um, sure. Sure. All right, so... Uh, for some of you who might remember listening, um, there was a major event in the city of Boston called the Carol Stewart murder. Oh, yeah. And Charles Stewart murdered his wife. However, he 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 uh, he orchestrated that two black men had killed his daughter, uh, killed his wife and shot him. So he actually shot himself in the stomach and he did it in a in a in a predominantly air, a predominant 
area of 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 colored uh, of a colored community you know uh, um, yeah. and so it was black folks uh latinos of all kinds and even irish for that matter too it was it was a hill and then on the top of the hill the cream of the crop lived there and the bottom of the hill not so much it was all the projects and so um i after after the military i was working and happened to move into mission hill the section of 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 the, of the city and I found out living there that there was a scholarship to Northeast University, a football right. scholarship uh, based on the Charles, uh, on the Carol Stewart Foundation. So the family, the White's family had set up a foundation uh, to help inner city kids in that area to apply to, to Northeastern. And the reason being was because that, that's, that event set a series of events of a lot of police profiling. They were pulling over, uh, you know, young black men like everywhere and harassing everybody, turned the city upside down. And it was, I mean, there was even a riot because of it. And all the while it was the husband who had killed his wife. So that's how I got to Northeastern University. Um, so um, yeah, <laughs> interesting story. Wild times, but it sounds like you were a beneficiary. Yeah. So after that you went, <clears throat> Did well, finished up, and where'd you go after school? I I immediately um I kept the trajectory. So like high school, boom, military, military, got out of uh, got, got out of Dodge, went to Boston, did not go back to Lynn. Um, although you know, I still had friends there and went went there to visit, but um immediately went to Boston. The minute I graduated, like I, I think within days I was on an airplane um on my way to Arizona. Um and the wow. reason being that I had met. My brother had lived out there many years before I graduated. And the year before I flew out to do a co-op, you know, it's a paid internship for those who not, aren't familiar with Northeastern. Um, and there I met my my future wife that, that summer. So I came back home, graduated, like literally within days, I was like out. So here I am. All right. So what did you do once you moved to AZ? Um, I had a job set up with a company out of Boston. And so I was working with them a little bit, uh, before I graduated. And so when I graduated, I already had a job out here. They already had an office out here. So started with them and, um, then went on to computer sales. That's kind of when, when, you know, um, it was that tech, the, the, the whole internet, um, boom happened. And um, I, I was just selling like computer parts to like major, major companies. Um, that was interesting. It was a lot of fun. And, and, and then there I ended up finding a job, um, a marketing job for an international company. I was traveling for a while, got to travel got to South America. So that was pretty awesome. Oh, but, nice. Uh, yeah. And then I got into mortgages. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so how, how did that happen? That. <laughs> yeah, how did that happen? Um, so the company had me stationed in California at, at that at this point, and I quickly realized that even back then, um, what's that ninety eight? Um, having a, a six figure salary in California in Orange County was not a lot of money, yeah. uh, um, at all. And, and so I started moonlighting um, in the mortgage space. I didn't know anything about it. My wife had, um, my wife, we had, you know, uh, 
gotten married at that time. And so she came with me to California, obviously, and she had uh, some experience with the mortgage industry. So she said, hey, let's let's just moonlight and do this. She was working for also an internet company. And within about, I don't know, 60, 90 days time, I literally had, at that time, it was an unregulated industry, the mortgage or the real estate space. And within 90 days, I've made like near what I was making a year in my in my full-time job, in my corporate job. And that was pretty much the the sign, like, okay, <laughs> you know, I'll just do start doing this. And and that's what we did. That's how we got it. So, so did then you, you quit your other job and make that leap right away then? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, we were moonlighting. We were working long hours. I remember that. We were like literally up at one in the morning, walking barefoot in the office, like because back then you had to fax things, you know, they, um, you know, appraisals or Louis, who's in the real estate space, appraisals were actually Polaroids. They were actually these legal sized uh, pieces of paper and they used to stick Polaroids to them and they would hand deliver them to you. That was the appraisal. And the MLS, that was like this long, what was it? What was it called? The, uh, the dot, dot matrix printer, printers. Dot matrix yeah. printer. And yeah. they literally, you would go and print it out and there would be like this. Every you know, day. Yeah, every, every day. That's how you started your day. Yeah, and then you just go through these pages and then like, okay, yeah. I'm going to show up this house. <laughs> and so um, that that was the industry back then. And so, uh, um, yeah, we worked long, long hours. And then, um, and it was unregulated, you know, at that time. It was it was not unheard of that a loan officer could make uh, 6% on a, on, a, on a loan, you know. Wow. Uh, and so... It was crazy. And, and so anyways, that, that was pretty much the leap at that point. And your wife was in the business with you? Yeah, yeah. We were, you were already married. Uh, yeah, we, we were recently married and um, and we worked together. And we, it, it worked out really, really well. I mean, I, I always look back at that time like, wow, we didn't kill, we didn't kill each other. <laughs> so um, that was pretty interesting. It was fun. That's no good. kids. California, Orange County. Two hours to Mexico, two hours to whatever, you know, within hours, you know, within an hour drive, you could be anywhere. Uh, snowing, uh, skiing, wine country, Mexico, yeah. on the beach. So, yeah, we painted the, the, the town red, to say the least. So how'd you end up back in Arizona after that? Um, so, yeah, that, 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 that's, that's a good question. So being that her family was, was here um we would travel a lot back and forth just family and she's originally from mexico but um her dad started showing early signs of alzheimer's and um i made the decision at that time to you know let's just go back right i had my brothers who had lived in arizona so there was family here and um all i knew from what i had read at the time was we didn't have a lot of time before things declined and, you know, with his health. So I suggested that we go back and spend that time, you know, with him until, until he lost his, his faculty. And we, and we continued doing the same line of business, you know, for uh, uh, home, home loans. Yeah. So, yeah. So then fast forward a little bit, it's my understanding that now you're doing some coaching. So uh, just curious, obviously, you know, you said you made a decent amount of money in the, in the mortgage industry. Um, what led you to start a coaching program? And then can you can you tell us a little bit about that? 
Yeah, um, that, that that's probably. I am living. I I I believe I am entering the highlight of my of my life right now. Um, so so tomorrow I celebrate twenty four years uh, married with my wife. We've been together. Congrats! Yeah, yeah, we've been together for since. Um, I've known her. I've known her since ninety five, nineteen ninety five, and anyhow, twenty four years does not happen easily it's not uh, you know most people don't make that I, I, from based on statistics and there's been several times throughout those 24 years that we were on the cusp of getting divorced and so i'm trying to try to create some type of sequential order so that we don't take a lot of time here however um in the last, you know, I would say in the last three, four years, um, we did coaching, uh, marital coaching, and same thing as counseling, just a little twist to it. Um, and in that, you know, we were definitely going in for do or die. Like, is are, are we in it or, or, or this is going nowhere? And how do we amicably um, separate, right? Split this, split up. And, and so in that process, I was able to, I, I don't want to say learn, I, I would say be able to face the fact of what I already knew, that I had anger issues. Um, and so through that, through that coaching, I, I went and started, in, I, I, I subscribed to this group of, of men that were dealing with a lot of the same issues. And, and, and what I found wasn't what I thought I was going to find. Um, I thought we would be around a circle and talking about our anger issues and how to calm down. And, and what, what I did learn was that um, today's world has a serious problem with feminine men. And feminine men isn't like, oh, you're girly. That's not, that's not, in, in the context of what we're talking about, that's not what it means. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's, it's, I don't think it's um, politically incorrect to say that feminine is emotional and there's nothing wrong with being emotional. However, men aren't hardwired. Um, we do have a feminine side to us, but we're not hardwired to be feminine. Um, we're hardwired to be masculine and masculine is just more of the context of steadiness, logical thinking, black or white, right? Um, we have more of a sequential line of thinking where, where the feminine has more of an emotional intuition type uh, process to, to generate a result, right? Or, or decide something. And so what I found in that is that a lot of men operate Unfortunately, a lot of men operate from a feminine space. And as I dug deeper, I mean, for me, it started making sense. I was, okay, I could see where um, when I would react this way with my wife, it was emotional. It would be, you know, maybe uh, a moment of anger, right? And, and, and that caused a lot of problems in the marriage and, and how, she, how she reacted to, the, to my reaction. Um, in a lot of ways, she didn't even know what to do with me, right? She was just like, he, he, I, I was scary. That, that's the truth. I was, I was very scary to her. And, and not that I would hit her or anything like that at all, but nonetheless, 
there is something to be said about the feminine. The feminine is intuition. Intuition, you're, you have a heightened sense of alertness. And that alertness within, specifically amongst women, is, uh, is, is very high. And and so and this is scientific, psychological. You can go and find it in different books. And so when I got mad or angry, I should say, um, I reacted very emotionally, loud, you know, and, and very out of very chaotic. And, and so that caused a lot, a lot of problems. And so, anyways, digging deeper into that, I ended up finding that most men have an emo a feminine space. I mean, obviously we all share, women and men have feminine and masculine qualities. That, that, that's a fact. But when men operate on a day-to-day -day with their emotions from a very chaotic state, that usually comes from a wound that happened early on in their childhood. Um, and we don't, we're not aware of that. So um, we're not aware that there's these things that happen when we were five, six, seven, even 10 or whatever, that, that, that they're operating in today's world, meaning in my marriage. And so this, this group like really opened my eyes. And, and as it opened my eyes, I started, it was what I call the white car syndrome. Like, you know, no, nobody has a white, uh, nobody has a white Mercedes until you buy one. And now, like, all of a sudden, everybody has a white, like, holy crap, everybody has a white Mercedes. And so um, I started realizing, like, wow, like, as I started talking to more men and, and also really digging deep into this, and I would just, like, literally meet people, you know, let's say you guys were at a party and your wives were there, I could easily look at your, you as a couple and go, oh, this guy is masculated. Like, you know, like his wife doesn't respect him. And, 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 and there's, there's a lot to say about that. And so, um, and that's what would happen. I mean, let's just jump into that for a minute. So what ended up happening when I was in my feminine state, right. And, or acting out, lashing out in my feminine state, uh, the logical thing that happens is that my wife would become masculine because she had to protect herself. Right whether emotionally or whatever, she got into this like, you know, uh, defensive state. And, and in that process, she started losing respect for me. You know, she started um, uh, checking out, you know, to keep it simple. She just started getting numb to the whole relationship and, and um, became flippant, which isn't really in her nature. You know, she's really mild mannered uh, woman and, 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 um, and so, yeah, so, so, you know, researching, studying, practicing, getting deeper into my wounds and started reconciling a lot of the things of the past, um, I started getting results. We say, I, I was able to save my marriage. I was able to save myself. I was able to save other men, you know, and, and I, and so the light bulb went on. I was like, okay, there, there's, there's a process to this to, to this dysfunctional nature of life, right? Like um, I didn't get dysfunctional just because I was born that way. It's what I experienced, right? There's this process, right? And this is what it looks like. My mom, my dad, and, and all the things that had to happen or did not happen in my life and the stories that I created around it. And so if there was that process, there was a process to undo it. And so mm -hmm. that's what I 
sat down and, and created. I created a process to undo some of that, to at least give tools. You can never really undo it, but you create tools in which allow, in this case, men to be able to dissect their situation and go, okay, wait a second. I'm feeling this way. Why? And then what would I do? And, and then the ultimate question, there's a process to it, but the ultimate question is always, is it true? Because a lot of those wounds end up generating stories. Like for instance, uh, the story of my mom. My mom came here and ended up, you know, from 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 riches to rags. I mean, she was okay, well off back where she came from, Dominican Republic. But when she came here, she was a nobody. She had a start. It was a it was a difficult time in America. Um, it was that whole sweatshop era, you know, where people were just uh, flocking from different countries. Communism was on the rise, and 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 a lot of people went to New York and ended up working in sweatshops. And so in that, I developed the story that my mom didn't care about me. Why? Because she was hardly ever around. Um, you know, and when she was around, it was always um, to take care of whatever needed to take care of. Oh, let's feed the kid. Let me clean the house and boom, bed, whatever. And, 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 and you know, we lived poor. And so there were some things there. And, and so um, later on, much later on in life, I realized my mom was far from um, unempathetic or, or, or not loving what she was, was a warrior. She was, she was a woman that was put into a very masculine, um, situation. She ended up being single, raising three boys, a woman, uh, uh, another girl, um, living poor, um, doing the best she could, you know, she was a warrior. She's just, and and that was the fact. That was it. That's the story. Yet I I you know the way that it works is we generate stories as we grow up, and that was the story I generated was that my mom wasn't around and 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 so forth, and she fought uh, mental health issues too. So that for that created either a further gap for me to be able to form a stronger bond or relationship with her, and so um, all those things, all those wounds, what I call wounds. Um, were surfacing throughout my marriage, you know, and, and it makes sense. And it was because if my wife, who's very mild mannered, and she's not, she's not necessarily, she's affectionate, but she's not very like outgoingly affectionate. There's such a term. And so if she wasn't loving me the way that I saw it, well, it was another sign that I was not lovable or I was unworthy, right? Uh, the same stories that I had created around my mother. And, and so, um, but now as an adult, I had a voice. So it was like, Rah! you know, why you not? You know, and so, and, that, and I became really scared. And, I, it was, and it was a very feminine space for me because the wound was deep. Um, it was an emotional thing, you know? And, and so it's kind of like taking, taking that moment in time and dragging it into everything, into the future and every situation. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and it had no place in my marriage and it did a lot of damage. So as I talk more and more to men, and it, it's funny because most men were like, well, I don't, you know, how are you doing? That, that's typically the, how are you doing, Louis? What's the first answer that comes out of a man's um, mouth? I'm good. Yeah. All right. I'm good. That's really what we do, yeah. right? We, we oh, posture yeah. And, and we like, well, I'm good, you know, like I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing great. Some people will actually go great. And that's when the red flags for me go up. It's like, okay, you just said, great. There's something going on. And so um, 
I have that I, I have that gift of intuition, and so I would meet more men, and I would see people at parties. I would see the interaction, and and I just started getting. I started playing with it. I started getting bold about it. And in fact, I, I got this one story. I'm I'm at a cookout. It was actually a party, and and it was a big backyard. It's like almost an acre, and and we're sitting at far end of the the yard. All the guys just sitting around a bomb a fire pit, and here comes the wife of one of the gentlemen sitting beside me. And he's already sharing some things with me, and but nothing too deep. And I said, "Oh shit, this guy's balls are cut off," um, and not not by her. And so I'll I'll make a correction about that for women listening to this. It's not you know women don't have the power to emasculate men. We emasculate ourselves based on our wounds. Okay, and so but I could tell that he was emasculated, and it was just all by the by watching his wife walking across the backyard, and she was heading our way. Sure enough, she comes up. She's like, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> and I said, we're talking about our families. Oh, no, I said, I said, I said uh, probably we're talking about something that you probably don't think we're talking about. She goes, oh, yeah, what's that? I'm like, we're talking about our families. That's what men do, actually. And she goes, yeah, right. You guys are probably just talking about women. And I'm like, actually, we are talking about women. You're right. We're talking about our daughters and we're talking about our wives. And then she, and then, and then she's like... And she started walking off. And I said, hold on a second, come back. And, and this guy's watching me kind of like command his, his wife, right? I'm talking to her in a masculine way. I'm, I'm dominating at this, at, this, at this point. Not dominating her, but I'm just taking control of the situation. And, and she turns around and she goes, why? I'm like, because you walked almost a whole acre from over there to over here to ask me that question? I think there's more to this, to this conversation. Sit down. So she sat down and we had a great conversation. We were talking, she's laughing. She took, she, she walked off eventually. And I, and I said to the guy, I looked over, I said, Are, would you be willing to, would you allow me to ask you a very bold question? And he goes, yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to ask you again. Would you be, would you give me the permission to ask you a bold question? Because once I ask, I can't put it back in. Right. He goes, oh, go ahead. Did your wife respect you? And like all the guys just froze, you know, they're like, whoa. Right. Um, and, and he looked at me and I'm and I'm expecting there's only two two ways that this is going to go. Either he's going to say yes or he's going to say F you. Right. <laughs> and, and he goes, yeah, that would be a fair statement. I said, I said, well, I don't know why. And, and then and then uh, he goes, sure, shoot. I said, I don't know you, but I'm going to take a guess. It's just a guess. And you tell me if anything lands here. And I just kind of went into his life not knowing anything about this guy. I met him once before and it was just probably in passing. And um, I literally detailed his life because there is a pattern, as I said, there's a process to this dysfunctional behavior and there's a process to get out of it. And so I just kind of went down like, this is likely how you show up in your marriage. And when she says this, you react a certain way and then she puts it out back on you. And then this, and, and I, I just kind of, and he goes, how do you know all this? I said, because most men do this, not knowing any better. Uh, did you come from a single parent um, household? He goes, no. I said, okay, so was your, was your dad present? He goes, well, he was a good dad. I'm like, I'm not asking that. Was he present? Was he present in your life? And he goes, not really. You know, my mom kind of ran the show. And I said, did she step on him or what appeared to be stepped on? And he was just like, yeah, in fact, yeah, that's you and your wife. And he was just like, oh, shit. <laughs> wow. 
you know and so and so i said there's no there, there's no it's not a coincidence you you're you're you are mirroring your parents behavior you know sure. and um i said we pick our women they pick us as, as their men it, it's it's all a dynamic that happens as a result of what we learn and and, and the wounds that we 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 develop over time and so um so he's part of the group now <laughs> um and so uh yeah, that's kind of that's so so at that point one morning so I've been kind of toying with this for many years. I'm glad I didn't launch it 4 years ago because I wasn't ready. I I didn't see the light. I didn't really I I knew a lot of things intellectually. I did not see them in the way that I see them now in the whole masculine a feminine polarity um uh sort of way. And so um over three months ago, I just woke up one morning. It was like a Saturday. And I was, I said, okay, I'm done. I'm doing this. And I'm going to start this company. And how does that look? I don't know. I'm just going to post something on Facebook. And I posted and then people started kind of commenting. Men are like, I want to know more about this. And it just grew. And then we ended up with 15 men in the group. Um, they're my beta. So I started putting, jotting down all kinds of ideas and things that I've had coached other men about in, in the in the past few years. And, you know, I, I would create my own jargon and all this other stuff and some concepts or way, ways to, you know, men are simple creatures. We like bullet points, right? Like, oh, step one, two, three, got it, done, right? And, and, and women are more like, well, you know, when you plant the flowers, make sure that, you know, they're more touchy and, and, and emotional around the situation and that's what makes them great i mean i i, I you know I, I love the feminine uh, i can i understand it now you know and i can see the beauty in their chaos and 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 um but anyway so so i i created a system in that you know they were able to use these bullet points like, oh step a okay all right blah, 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 blah. and and um and so we're testing it now and some things are landing. Most things are landing. Some things are not. So we're just reframing the delivery or the, the uh, restructuring what we need to restructure. But um, the feedback I've gotten from the men is phenomenal. Like they first all started like, you know, with the I'm good in their head, you know, like, well, what, are, what what's head going to teach me, you know? And, 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 and just this last week, we had a phenomenal week. We're on our fifth week and, um, I was getting calls after our, 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 our weekly call and they're like, how did you do that? Like, 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 did you just script that? I'm like, no, this is just, this is my chaotic genius. You know, this is what I, this is why I created this. And, um, you know, a lot of men had breakthroughs in last week and, and, and um, and it, it, it's, it's incredible to see because as you guys are listening, there's two men, there's three men here listening on this podcast, um, or, or conducting this podcast, you know, I'm sure I could see the wheels spinning. You guys are like, hmm, what, what, what is this? How is this really playing out in my life? Yeah. And so um, it, it's always interesting to see that reaction because most men, I'm trying to give a general statement here. Uh, most men will, will say, well, I don't have the problem. Well, I'll use, I'll use this gentleman. Um, I don't have that problem of that gentleman that you just talked about. And you probably don't. However, as we start going down the road and start kind of going into the work that's that, that's needed to to learn this stuff, you start realizing that perhaps you do have the same, not the exact same problem, but some level of it. Right. Right. And maybe and it's like, manifesting oh, in some different way than than what the story yeah, you just told. I, I always, I exactly. I always say the difference 
is the personalities, right? Right. That's the difference. Same process, different personalities, different choice of words, different reactions, but the process in which happens, the ups and downs and flows of it all, the negatives and positives, it it, it all relatively is the same. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful thing. And, and, and being able to help men, because by helping men, this is the deep stuff about the, of what I love about it. By helping men become masculine men, we're saving children's lives, right? I'm a product mm-hmm. of parents who didn't know any better, right? I, I always say my parents and my grandparents' generation were probably the most toxic that I can connect with, right? Because I didn't know my great-grandfathers and so forth. But the ones that I can connect with are, are my parents' generation and my grandparents' generation. And when I look back at America or even the, the whole global um, cultural norm of, of, of the world at that time, it was very chauvinistic, very narcissistic, very abusive, right? A, a very, very abusive, especially in, at least I can speak for myself, in Dominican or Latino culture, getting whooped really bad what was the norm it wasn't it wasn't child abuse a lot of us grew up poor so there's that there's that trauma too that that you know generated through you know that kind of generated its results um and so we're we're saving children's lives we're we're we are actually helping people stop the cycle and create a new one for the future because the fact is suicide rate suicide rate amongst men is high compared yeah. to alcoholism drug use like if there's 10 men in this room there's a very high probability that two to three of them are struggling with some type of addiction you know there's we 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 because of the i'm good the, i call it the mask but because of the mask we seldom seek uh mental health care right and so we struggle with 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 addiction, uh, loneliness. I mean, being a man is a lonely, is a lonely job. You know, I don't know if you guys relate to that word, but yeah, totally. You think about it, we don't, we, we, we seldom go to our, you know, to our mate, to our partner and tell them that I feel lonely. We keep it inside for the most part. Right. Um, and, and women don't understand that either because like, well, what are you talking about? You're lonely. Your kids are here. I'm here. You sleep beside me. And, and, the thing is, is that we got so much pressure, right? Are we going to fail our families? Are we going to fail ourselves? Are we going to be able to pay uh, pay our bills, provide, grow, right? Are we going to be able to grow? Am I going to be able to take the family on vacation? Um, um, and if anyone listening hasn't noticed, everything I just mentioned in the last five seconds is external, meaning Nowhere in there did I say caring about myself. Hmm. Okay. And, and it's all about what do I need to do to protect my realm, right? I call, so our group is called Men to Kings. And we use the whole um, context of, of, king, of being having a kingdom. And so in my realm, I have to worry about everything, right? I have to worry about everything around my realm. I'm the last one to be cared about. And that's where the loneliness comes in because no, you know, being feminine and I see being feminine, I don't want to say women because, you know, if it's a gay couple, there's a, there's a feminine, there's a feminine partner there. Right. Um, 
and a masculine one. But the feminine partner, they're in their feminine. Their feminine requires a sense of security, emotional, physical, uh, financial, all that, right? And our job in the masculine is to provide that. And so there is, there is, there is a sense of loneliness when we're out there, um, what I call slaying the dragon. We're out there far, far lands, and we're doing what we have to do to protect our realm. And yet, um, no one's writing us a letter. <laughs> no one's caring about what's going on in there. And 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 in, in part, they don't they didn't they don't have to, right? But the problem with that is that men, because of the way we've learned how to be men, we don't communicate amongst each other. We don't talk about these deep issues. It's seldom that men get around a table. You know, we call it the king's corner. We 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 don't get around uh, a table and discuss these things. Being able to vent in a in a positive way, being able to take these emotions, these wounds, and put them on the table in a positive way, in which we don't end up angry, lashing out, scaring our partners, um, yeah. traumatizing, traumatizing our kids. We, for the most part, mo I I call it the epidemic, I, and I and I'm bold enough to say 95% of men are suffering from the epidemic. And there's 95% of men who don't have an outlet. They don't even know that this stuff exists, this type of work, or that their wounds are, are, are running their, their their life. And so you got 95% of the population wandering in the wilderness, you know, causing yeah. trauma, perpetuating everything that they learned, right? Living in pain, sedating, porn, you name it, right? Everything to, to somehow open up the, the, the pressure valve. Yeah. So for those 95% of us out there that are kind of like maybe in the dark to this, but, but feel exactly what you're talking about. Is there, are there any resources you came across kind of throughout your learning process that, that you would recommend, or maybe there's a different way to, to start going down this road? Yeah. Yeah. There's a great book. Um, it'll open the door. Um, there's a lot of work behind it. Um, that obviously a book isn't able to provide, but to really start getting a better grasp of this is the way of the superior man. I just remember the last name data. It's, it's actually one of my, like, it's like one of the books I read probably every other three, four months. In fact, okay. I'll look at for, for those listening in, but he also has a book called intimate communion. Intimate communion. I intimate communion. Okay. And we can put a link to those books in the show notes for the listener. Yeah. Okay. Great, great, great book. Um, David Data, D-E-I-D-A. Got it. And yeah. I mean, I, I could refer a lot of books, but I would say that that one is, is, um, and it's, it's a little controversial too, right? Because even for those listening in, and I don't know how much time left we have, but I did want to touch on the word community. Uh, uh, feminine and masculine people have a really toxic relationship with those words sure very toxic and literally being that we're facebook friends if you want to see if you want to see how what i mean go find one of my posts where i say what is what does masculinity mean to you right just a general question and it was getting all kinds of hits people confuse the word masculinity with the word macho macho and masculine are not the same thing macho is a very feminine trait why? Because it's a very emotional, hey, look at me, pow, 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 you know, pounding chest. That's a very emotional, when, when you have to, when you have, when a man has a need to get that type of attention, that comes from a very emotional wound. 
and and um, and and the way that they react. Well, I'm not going to let a woman hand uh, control me. Well, women don't want to control you. Women want to feel safe. Women want to feel they want to know that they have a masculine man. Right. And I know this because I've interviewed a lot of women. Uh, my wife, who's like my case study right here at home, um, my, my daughters, you know, and and so I know that I know this stuff to be true on a on a on a grand scale, not for everybody, but on a grand scale. Absolutely. It's proven. So but yeah, feminine, masculine, toxic relationship that people have. Me too. Yeah. Feminine was like, eh, you're girly, you know, oh, you know, yeah. it's a, Call me feminine. I, I I used to get insulted, and now yeah, I have a feminine. I know it, it, it's 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 a skill to know when to be feminine as a man, right? Yeah, I want to be feminine when when my wife needs me to be. I don't want to react feminine. I want to when I know that she needs to feel safe and come to me and talk to me or cuddle or hug. Then I can like put my mask down and be feminine with her and, 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 and allow her to express herself with my daughters, you know, or if I'm, I, I like to paint, um, you know, that's a feminine, I, I use my emotions in, in my art, you know, so there, there's feminine in men, you know, and there's masculine yeah. women, it's just knowing how Ted, to use it. Ted, we're, we're coming close to the end, but if you don't mind, we'd like to go a little bit longer. I, I, I really, this is pretty deep stuff. And I, I know, you know, we're all men, fathers, husbands here, and yeah. you've, uh, I'll speak for myself, I know you've definitely uh, touched on some nerves there. So I'm wondering, yeah. what, for those of us who want to do the work, right, to what, what is, what can we do uh, ourselves now, short of joining your coaching program, uh, reading these books, you know, what, what are the questions we need to be asking to uncover those wounds? And It's a much, that's a deep, deep question. I mean, it's long, I'm trying to keep it short here. It's just becoming... Getting closer, and I mean having a relationship with that pain. Well, the immediate reaction is like, well, I don't want to go, I don't want to touch that. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to go feel that. You know, uh, that that was a horrible time in my life. You know, if it was abuse, like I don't, I, I used to get abused. I don't, I don't want to go there. The problem with that, with not going there, is that by not going there. You don't have the understanding. You don't gain the understanding and the awareness that it's that pain is what is driving your behavior in the now. It's almost there's there's something that I learned. I've been doing personal growth for like twelve years now, and and what I learned in my personal growth journeys was a, a, a concept called experience it completely. We can't be whole, right? We can't be whole in anything, joy or sadness, without experience, experiencing that moment completely, right? We say, oh, we're happy. Did you really experience it completely? Or did you just buy a, a, really, a nice car because you know it's nice, right? And you have the money to buy it. But did you really sit back and go, wow, like, I'm so blessed. You know, I created this life that I was able to buy this really nice car. I really appreciate where I am in life. When has everybody really, anybody really spoken to themselves that way? Right? We, we just move on. It just becomes another check mark, right? And so the same thing, same thing with, 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 our, with our pain. No one has that conversation with, our, with, with, with their pain. Man, I remember me getting beat and, and oof, closing my eyes, being able to focus in on that pain. And 
and having a relationship with it, knowing what I know now, right? No one does that, rarely. Um, or it has to, it's going to cost you thousands and thousands of dollars in therapy. <laughs> so to your question is, is finding on how to connect to that pain and then really connect to any like, like meditation, like get in the moment, cry, shake, scream, um, break something if you have to, because what we do as humans and we're, 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 we're very resilient, uh, beings is that we survive. I survived, I survived my beatings by my stepfather. I survived the streets. How do I know I'm here, right? I went to the army. I did this. I did this. I did that. Um, we're resilient, right? When, 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 or and some people are not so lucky. They're resilient their own way. Well, I got out of poverty by dealing drugs. Here I am. I'm a big time drug dealer. I mean, we're resilient. It doesn't always have to be positive, but we're resilient. Right. We're going to find a way to survive. Right. And so... We have to go back to the pain and connect it's to it. Just, just pass and just making and not making it just a moment, another moment in my life. You know what? Yeah, that time sucked. I don't want to. I don't want to talk about it. Um, no, talk about it. Like get into a relationship with it because then you can reconcile. It's just like you know reconciling your checkbook, right? Oh, that's right. I spent this dollar. Da da da. Boom. Balance, right? <laughs> um, and you're you're you're. So you got to balance out your checkbook. Um, and realize that th that pain still does exist and it still does drive you. And then finally realize it has no place where I am today. It has no place in my house, in my marriage, with my, 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 in my fathership. Yeah. Well, thank, thanks, Ted. This is obviously a topic that we can go on for much longer. We're going to give you a chance to, to share how our listeners can connect with you and maybe join your program, find your program and join it. But before we do, we have a series of our rapid fire questions that we like to ask and yeah. uh, just go some, some quick things, uh, just some quick answers to these. Uh, one of them is uh, what is a good hack in your life? And by a hack means some kind of like a productivity tool, an app, uh, something, a routine, oh. something you do to really just cheat life with. I'll give you two. One tech, tech, tech tool is mighty text. So this mighty might be test. Yeah, Mighty Tech. This might be an endorsement. It, it's it's um it's not available for you Apple users, so <laughs> sorry. But if you have Android, um, what it is, it allows me to text message on my screen. I can literally have, if I wanted to, twenty text strings on my. It just gives me a portal in which all. So as I'm working, and I can schedule text. So like if I say, "Oh, Lou, we're going to speak on Saturday," um, I can actually set one up at. 12:55 or five minutes oh, before cool. I, hey louie you ready to jump on a call and i because you know i got so much going on so it allows me to get off the phone boom schedule schedule a text message and then you get reminded and then you respond i'm like oh that's right i got a call with louie so i mean it just does a couple of different things like that which is just phenomenal i've been using it for years and journal oh one of the things that we 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 emphasize in this work uh this coaching platform is to journal uh, there's create a ritual in the morning, get your morning thoughts out, um, any anger issues that are going on, write it out, you know, unleash because uh, what I later learned in life, I'm 53 now. So for those who are younger and listening to this, do it as soon as possible, um, is writing is very therapeutic. It allows you to vent ideas and, and bad thoughts and positive thoughts 
out into a piece of paper and it gives it life and it gets it out of your system and it's just healthy and it sets the right tone to your day. So can you share a favorite with the listener? And this could be a, a book, a movie, a podcast, anything that you just enjoy. Yeah, um, I, I love personal growth. I'm, I'm a personal growth junkie, uh, if you couldn't tell. <laughs> um, yeah, so so um, love Ed Millett, uh, Data, David Data. I mean, for all the men, I, I would even say there's books for women that he wrote too. Um, so for the ladies listening, um, look up a book for David Data. I think you're going to be really impressed. And even if you don't choose to re- read one for your gender, read the read the one for men you're going to learn you're going to get a lot of insight you know you're going to be able to see the world of how we think and then we get to see how you think and and the world becomes a better place so david data thank you what is um something you one piece of advice that you would tell your 25 year old self heal heal now <laughs> you know and because that's just he wouldn't understand what the hell i mean but i would i would have that conversation about healing um at 25 man if i if i would have known what i know now i i, I know for a fact i would have been a millionaire you know what i mean like i would have been so far in my life and not just a millionaire i'm just saying i would i would have been so far down the road in all the things that I'm built, that I built, you know, just in a more healthier way, everything would have just been more healthy. Um, my love life, my 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 success. I'm experiencing all that, but I've experienced it, and I found joy in it later on in life. Healing at a young age is so so important, and I'm doing that with my girls and my son. I I, I want to start, you know, because we all grow with wounds. We all have them. It, it's it's just part of life, and so I'm I'm working on my kids now. So that's what I would tell him. Right. Yeah, that's great. What do you think holds people back from being happy? Not healing. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I might know where this one's going, yeah. but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not healing. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you rock. So, so my, my daughter and really quick question, a really quick uh, story. My daughter, she's in college now, first year. She's crushing it. The girl, like she's probably listening. I don't know, but girl's just like amazing like she's just I, I I'm I'm in awe and I'm not saying that because I'm her dad and maybe I am but truly genuinely she's just crushing it and yet she robs her joy it, she you know she has her own little wounds and 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 she robs herself of joy good god you know and it's just the answer to the question is is put joy back in, in, in what you have and where you're going and the things you do, because let's face it, there's a lot of people in this world that are, are less unfortunate or more unfortunate, I should say. So Ted, yeah. at this point, tell us, tell us how we can, uh, our listeners, how they can find out more about you, about your coaching program, uh, what's it called, that kind of thing. Um, well, I mean, you can look me up on Facebook. We, 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 we're still in beta. Um, we're, we're going to be launching the company officially, meaning, um, the credit cards will be <laughs> pulled out at that time, probably another couple of months, but I, I, am still talking to other men and, and even women call me, you know, like, Hey, my husband, or I don't know what to do. Uh, he's stuck. I could tell. So, um, you can look you have a name on- for the program yet, Ted. Yeah. Men to Kings. It's called men. The number two Kings men, two Kings. Okay. 
and look me up on Facebook. There is a Mentor Kings group. And then you can also look up my name. I'm pretty much, I think, the only Ted A. Canto in Facebook, I think. What about, and, uh, can we can we email you? Yeah. And that's a um, simple email. Ted at TedCanto.com. Well, Ted, I, I, I can't thank you enough. I, we weren't sure where this was going to go, but you did not disappoint, man. You opened up. Uh, I feel like we can have quite a few more episodes on, on just this topic alone and even some yeah. offshoots of what you touched on, I think. Uh, it was really great. We look forward to seeing Men to Kings grow as a program. Maybe we'll sign up ourselves. Maybe we can offer something to our listeners uh, so they can yeah. join as well at some yeah. point. Um, yeah, it, This has really, really been uh, uh profound pleasure so thank you every man needs it so I, maybe that's a that's a selfish plug but every man needs it and yeah. even if big things are going well um things can be even better so yeah no doubt excellent all right ted well thanks a lot man we hope you've enjoyed the wayfinder show if you got value from this episode please take a few seconds to leave us a five-star rating and review This will allow us to help more people find their way to live more authentic and exciting lives. We'll catch you on the next episode.